Hey everyone, Up, welcome to episode 124 of the Your Money, Your Life podcast. Back at it again for another week. So much going on in the news, a lot of volatility, a lot of different things. We're going to touch on all of that. Um, I actually joined, oh man, some stuff on social media. Um, had the viral CNBC bear market explainer. And then I joined the Come Up Series podcast, uh, which was really, really fun. And talked a lot of things. There's one th- thing in particular that we talked about that I wanted to touch on and explain in depth and ask what other people think about it, because that's what we're here to do, learn and grow together. Wherever you're listening, make sure you five-star rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, and let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Let's dive into the current events and the news. Let's talk markets first and foremost because there's so much going on in the markets. Um, again, I had that viral CNBC tweet about bear markets, which we discussed on the podcast already. Um, and that bear market obviously being 20% or more down from highs, from the most recent high. And we are in that territory in the S&P 500, which is widely looked at as the most broadly followed market index. And the Fed meeting was a big and highly anticipated meeting um, Wednesday, which Jerome Powell and his Fed members discussed the economy, discussed what they're doing with rates. um, And they raised the rates 75 basis points, which is three fourths of a percent. So why are they doing this? They're doing this to kind of quell demand, slow down demand and let supply catch up um, and slow down inflation because right now inflation's at its highest because we had incredible demand. We had people with a lot of money that were spending said money on items that made the prices go up um, and demand was super hot. Inflation is super hot right now, the highest level we've seen in four decades. So as obviously the Fed's goal is to keep around a 2% inflation rate and to also keep people employed and to keep the 2% inflation rate they need to increase rates, which is the rate, the federal funds rate, which is really the rate that kind of flows through the economy. It's a short-term rate for banks to lend to each other. And banks will lend that feed through to you with your mortgage, your credit cards, auto loans, all those different things. Um, And so they're committed to that goal. And so they increased at a little bit higher pace. Uh, This was kind of priced into the market because first we thought it was going to be 50 basis points. But now they realize that after the CPI, which is the inflation indicator print came out last Friday, they realized that we're still at very, very hot inflation. And they lowered that. And they increased that rate at which they were going to to 75 basis points. Now, the growth outlook is interesting. They think that inflation is going to slow. Um, and they think that it's going to slow down towards the end of the year. They also think that we're going to have growth. They anticipate a 1.7% gain in GDP um, for this year, down from 2.8%. So they're still thinking we're going to grow. So that would mean that we wouldn't go into recession. If we're growing, the economy is growing, they're thinking that we may not go into recession, which we'll see. Because I don't know. I don't know if we're really going to grow the back half of the year. I think we are going to stall, be flat and or negative for the back half of the year. So that will be really, really important to watch um, as an indicator of what's going on in the economy 
because the market's kind of pricing that slowdown in if you if you can't tell again market has these moves every one to six every six years or so these bear market moves and they've always been broken through with higher highs later on so if you feel the pain now that's okay because that's normal and that's something that's typical of the market and you have to understand that you can't get any reward without having unrealized risk which is what pretty much most people would have unless they panic sold which is the wrong thing to do um so that's kind of a general update of what's going on in the economy i think it's long-winded but it is really important to kind of really stick to the facts um, on what's going on. Let's move into more general news, more happier news. Apple, Apple and the Major League Soccer, they just scored a major goal because they struck a 10-year rumor, $250 million per year streaming rights deal where you can watch every single soccer game for you soccer fans. I'm a casual, I'm a less than casual soccer fan. And so I care about this. Not really though. I have Apple TV plus, um, but I don't really watch soccer like that. Maybe I have to get into it because you know that I'm sports betting a little here and there wagering. So I don't know. Maybe I'll have to look at what these soccer people are doing. Lionel Messi actually bought a 33% stake in the Miami soccer club, MLS soccer club. And so it's really coming up. I, sh- I have to, I have to look into it really, really hard. Um, but it's a big move for Apple. Apple is really making a push into streaming live sports. They already did the deal with the MLB, Major League Baseball. They're reportedly in the running for NFL Sunday Ticket, which will be the biggest, biggest rights deal that people are after. Everyone wants DirecTV's NFL Sunday Ticket. Amazon, Apple wants it. Shoot, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix wants it, even though they said they don't want to get into that realm of live sports. But this is a big deal, so they're making that push. In other news, the mortgage rate hit 6%. The 30-year mortgage rate is now over 6%. It was just 5.5% a week ago. And why is this happening? Because we're raising rates. The, uh, the Fed is raising rates. We're trying to slow down. Everyone and their mama was buying a house. And now everyone's slowed down a little bit. Wait till those rates dip. Wait till prices come down. And then you can dip right in. So this is happening. It's big news. Um, so you're really seeing that across the board um, right now. Mortgage rates. Do you, what is your, like, do, do people, are people seeing that? In other corporate news, Disney drama. So we talked about the CEO of Disney, who's Bob Chapek. He's the top executive of Disney, right? The CEO, of course. And he just fired another top exec, Peter Rice. And Peter Rice was his, the company's head of general entertainment content. All right. And this Peter Rice was supposed to be looked at the next possibly a contender to the CEO job if they didn't want, if the board didn't want to re-up Bob Chapek's contract, which is up in a year or two, I believe. Um, and so this is big news because people are wondering, all right, this is a Game of Thrones, like succession type stuff on HBO. You're really seeing internal turmoil at the top of Disney management because Bob, Bobby Chapek is trying to keep and hold onto a CEO position. A lot of people want him out of there for some reason. I like him because guess what? His right-hand person is Kareem Daniels, who is actually a black executive, which you don't see often. You don't see a lot of older white men tapping a black right-hand person. And so I'm riding with Bobby, um, and hopefully they're able to turn this company around. It's tough times for all companies. And Disney's had a couple of rough years. They were a big you know, boom and in, in during the 2920 when people were looking at the streaming numbers and now they're just like, all right, you need to open up more of your, your recs and parks and recs. Um, so people have struggled with that. 
In other news, we haven't even talked about it, but the cryptocurrency, there's a lot going on in crypto. Of course, the price is down from highs, and that's typical. If you looked at crypto cycle, there's what is called crypto winters, where it's typically after the halving, two years of boom, and then towards the end of those two years, there's a long winter of lower prices, and that's when a lot of people accumulate um, tokens. But right now, we're seeing a crypto winter. You're seeing people lay off stuff. Coinbase, Coinbase went to 18% of their full-time staff being laid off. BlockFi, I think, did 20%. Other companies did a lot, um, did percentages as well. Some are hiring. Some are saying, hey, we're okay. We managed our balance sheet. We managed growth, and we're okay to continue to hire and grow during this time because we believe long-term in cryptocurrency. And so even with Bitcoin above below 22K versus the November high, I believe, of 66,000, people are still understanding that it's a riskier asset, but if you want diversification, you believe and understand the technology, the capital B, blockchain, Bitcoin, then you're you're not worried. Volatility worries people that one don't have a lot of cash flow, two don't know why they're investing, or three not using an expert. That's honestly a, a lot of the reasons. A lot of the reasons. Um, and there's also talk about leverage. People have levered up in the cryptocurrency market because they don't have a lot of restraints on leverage. So people are using if you have 10k in purchasing power, 10k in cash. People will lever up, borrow from the exchange another 30K to give them 40K in buying power. Yes, that makes you have juice up your returns, but also juices up your losses when you're down because you owe the exchange that money when the price goes the other way. And guess what? If you goes down a certain amount, they're going to sell your loss. They're going to not even give you a chance to have the price go back up. They'll liquidate you and then you owe them money, which you obviously probably don't have or else you would have used it in the first place. And you just got liquidated. So it's a double whammy for these leveraged people that don't understand what they're doing. Um, And a lot of people just get into it because they're greed. Greed will destroy people. We've talked about it before. Um, And you can tell the way I'm relaxed is because I understand, I've seen, and I'm very diversified and understand what's going on. And I have a long-term investment horizon. These are actually opportunities um, for people that have that. Really great opportunities, to be honest. So um, that's something to keep in note. Broncos, I think we talked about this last week. Broncos are selling themselves, um, which is interesting. Broncos will sell to the Walmart heir, Rob Walton. He's estimated to be worth about $59.1 billion. So he's not going to have a problem coming up with only $1.4 billion that NFL requires in cash, 30% of the purchase price. Yeah, you guys did down payment of home for 20%. The NFL is like, hey, you want to buy our franchise? You have to have 30% of that, $1.4 billion right now. Hand that over. Wire that over in cash. And with all this uncertain, like all the market stuff, the NFL private markets are still booming. Well, these NFL franchises or sports franchises in general, NFL teams grew 14% year over year to 3.5 billion last year on average. NBA teams value increased 4% last year to reach an average of 2.2. MLB rose 9% to 2.1, and the NHL come ringing in last, 32% to 865 million. What to note? The MLS is catching up. I think the average MLS team is over 200 million, so they're catching up to the NHL. They better watch out. New York Mets. Let's go back to top sales in the last, what, five years. New York Mets in 2020, $2.4 billion. The Brooklyn Nets, 2019, $2.35 billion. Carolina Panthers, shout out to Cam Newton, 2018 at $2.275 billion. And the Houston Rockets in 2017 at $2.2 billion. I tweeted this. My goal is to create a consortium. Um, of investors and get a private stake in a franchise, NFL or M- NBA, 
preferred. We're going to do that. I put my thoughts out in the world and I've accomplished a lot of things I said I would. We're going to continue to do that. Um, so rock with me if you're trying to get into this. Stay tapped in. Share this. We're, we're really rocking and rolling out here. Ah, that's a lot, a lot of stuff for, for current events. We'll dive into the financial roundtable next. Hey, welcome to the financial roundtable. Um, I keep saying this, but obviously the podcast has grown and gotten better, I believe, in content and leaving suggestions on that. Um, and in general, I'm just like getting more into the content game, as you see. Obviously, I've been contracted with CNBC for a while and continuing doing that. Um, obviously, I have the new show where we do live every day um, as well. Um, and then just my my own platform. And then lastly, we're, we're looking to um, really, really dive more into content. I believe I have a voice that could really help a lot of people. I have a, a perspective that could help a lot of people. So stay on the lookout for that. With that said, yesterday, I did the, it was yesterday? Man, today seems so long. No, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. I did the Come Up series. Great, great podcast. Um, great people in, 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 that I was able to join in Jolin um and mark um they were just great to be on their their platform which they built an incredible platform um over the last few years and it was just such an engaged community come up cousins as they call themselves um really really cool people um and i was able to be on there one question came up in our in our discussion in our interview which is mentorship and i just really kept it real from my perspective i do not have a mentor in business that i talk to and call every day that doesn't mean I don't watch and learn from people. I certainly watch and learn from people. The way I started my business was literally reading a blog and understanding how to set everything up and how to do things. And I have obviously some intangible innate skills that I've honed um, that helped me do exactly what I do. But there wasn't anybody I called that walked me through step to step. There's not someone I call. If you look at my phone records, there's not someone I call every month for help and guidance. There ain't some OG. <laughs> there ain't some big bro. I, I have none and I don't yearn for it. I don't need it, to be honest, if I'm being real. It's never been symbiotic or helpful for me. Um, I just don't, I'm not a big at taking directions of things that I don't think benefit me. I understand what I need to do and everything. Um, and I do it fully and with skill. And 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 this isn't a braggadocious thing. It's really just the honest truth. I That's my perspective. That's my personality. Other people may need that. You need someone that's mentored. You need someone like hold hand holding and walk you through everything. Um, literally that's never been me. So I, there's no one I call every quarter, every month, no other advisor that I talk about things or work with. And again, that's just my perspective and maybe you're different. So are you different? Is it beneficial? But Mark said something that was interesting. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I thought that was really, really interesting because he's right. There are other aspects which I've done so well in helping so many people, but there are other aspects in the private markets and the other things that are larger scale that we need to do, and maybe there's someone that I could tap into of that. But um, in general, I just have not found that or needed that prior to this. Um, and it's harder for black males to be, especially in finance, to find mentors. Like the black, older black people that are doing this are super jaded and old and decrepit. <laughs> and the younger people, we're all just doing our thing. And most of them are trying to figure it out. I've figured out a lot of great things. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know. Do you have mentors in your life? Do you need it? Are they warranted? Um, and it's also a crutch for some people. Like you're like begging your mentor to help you figure it out. One, if someone's actually good at something, they're not just going to like sit down and do stuff for you unless they're possibly family without them getting something in return. Right. If I'm going to, 
advise or help a business, I have to be invested in it, hopefully get a return when the liquidation happens. But it's super hard to just get someone's time when we're all super busy um, in these times. So understanding that dynamic as well as understanding you don't want a crutch. You don't want someone that you have to rely on to go do the next step. People use that. They want someone to blame if things don't work out. I don't want anyone to blame but myself. And I, I fully believe and confident in myself. That's why I don't need that. But maybe you do. Understand your personality is such a huge, huge thing. Understanding yourself is such a big, big thing and needed and much needed. Well, folks, that was the roundtable this week. It was a really, really in-depth discussion. Enjoyed it thoroughly. We will be talking to you next week.